Vin, we got a we got a pitch for you, dude. <laughs> Listen to this. Ghostbusters 2025. <laughs> the tagline would be like family ain't afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> and instead of a marshmallow man, it's gonna be like a huge corona bottle. Ooh, or uh, one of those like inflatable things that Sam's outside. An inflatable arm man outside yeah. of a car dealership. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy crap, we should watch that. I can't even hear myself recording. Bumble in the in the podcast. We got it, boys. <laughs> What's up, everyone? Welcome to Everyone's a Real Critic. I'm Jose Garcia Chow, and here with my co-host John Wolf, we take a look at movies that have a 20% difference between the audience and the critic scores on Rotten Tomatoes. If you want more of us, listen, download, and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Go ahead and follow us on our social channels. It's at EARC Pod. Enjoy the conversation on our Discord. Today, our movie is the 2016 remake of Ghostbusters, just in time for the new re-release this weekend. As always, we're going to give you the real critics' thoughts on the movie. We're going to break down the critic scores and the audience scores, wrap it up with an overall score of the movie. And today, to you know, jump into the holiday spirit, we have a tr- special treat for you guys. You know how it is. We like to keep it fun and light because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Everyone's a real critic. So right before we jump into the Ghostbusters movie, we like to hit each other with what we've been watching. So let me introduce my... Gorgeous co-host, John Wolf. Thank John, you. What's good on the streams, buddy? It never gets old you calling me gorgeous and beautiful. I don't I don't hear it enough, you know. I'm gonna have and, to look up some synonyms, you know. No, nah, it's okay. It works. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just keep it coming. In the spirit of, of reboots and re-releases, um I've been re-watching Dexter in the hopes that the the reboot is good. So the by the time this this podcast air, I think there'll be like a couple of episodes that have have been aired, maybe one uh, of the newest season that that's coming out. Um, I'm really hopeful that it's good because Dexter is honestly it's a it's a top five show for me. It's up there with The Wire and some of those one other of your favorites. It's one of my favorites, man. I think it's just it, it never gets. I think this is probably my third time watching it through. Yeah, a lot of people get turned off of it, which I I. I can understand because the premise is pretty gruesome, right? It's like a serial killer who works with the police, who's hunting other serial killers. If you were to look at it just from a face value like that, I can see that it's not everyone's cup of tea, but really when you start to watch it, it's so much more than just a gruesome, like there are gruesome parts certainly, but it's the writing is so smart. He's so smug. He's so sharp, witty. Like he's always making these jokes all the time that you really just fall in love with Michael C. Hall's portrayal of this guy, Dexter. I mean, like I could watch that show every day. Like the last (laughs) two and a half seasons aren't great. And I think there are just some other circumstances that are happening at that time. You know, he was sick, but wasn't telling anyone the story Mm -hmm. kind of, I don't know if it was a forced ending or they were like, man, if this guy doesn't make it, we got to figure I bet out. It was. We got to figure out how to wrap it. something to do with the writer's room, right? Like you can't, you can't not tell your writer's room. You're like, hey guys, by the way. Yeah, I might you know, die. Fighting a life or death situation <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's wild. I actually, uh, I never watched this show. Dude, like I've never to. seen a single episode or anything. You have really? to. The, the first season is, it's, really it 
captivating. There's a huge mm-hmm. twist in it. It's got a fun back and forth. And then there's a season, I want to I want to say it's three, three or four, where just it hits another level. Uh, yeah. John Lithgow is the antagonist. Oh, I love him. Um, John Lithgow. And then, Lithgow. <laughs> and then uh, Colin Hanks comes in later on in the series. It like that is when it sort of hits its your it's okay. good. Yeah. I mean, I'm a fan of like true crime, so like I don't really get turned off by serial killer premises, you know. Probably the opposite. I don't know why I never watch it. Is it on? It's not what, true crimey. It it's not very true really? crimey. Yeah. I mean, but the, he's it, committing murders. He is, but the murders he's committing, no one knows about. Oh, he just never gets caught? He just... Well, don't tell me, actually. He That's just... Like yeah, he operates in a space where he... The people he's taking out are really bad people, so no one really notices that they're missing, um, if that makes sense. So he's sense. like a sociopath with a moral compass? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, he's like Superman. Well, I can't believe I've never watched him. <laughs> <laughs> Superman. Yeah, yeah especially dude, the Zack Snyder that. Superman. That guy has dude. no sympathy for people. Jesus, none. Um, it's it's, it's on, like Superman's whole gig. <laughs> is is having empathy? Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> like caring for people? <laughs> nah, not this guy. Maybe He's more like, Omni-Man. this is my home, you know. Oh, I just said Omni-Man. Man. Yeah, more Omni-Man. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, it's on Amazon Prime, actually. So it's, it was a Showtime show. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's on Amazon Prime. Oh, so was it, it rebooted by Amazon? That's a good question. It could have been, and which is why it's available on Amazon. Hmm. It's like one of those weird community things where they like yeah. just get picked up by different networks because the fandom is still there or something. Oh, fandom is there for sure. I've been watching Love on the Spectrum on Netflix. My cousin and... told me about it. She said, like, you got to watch it. Oh, dude, it's incredible. It's there's only two seasons and the second season it's a little weird because at least to me, I keep thinking like, oh shit, this was filmed quote unquote post pandemic. Both yeah. of them? Both seasons? No, the second season okay, was. Okay. So it's like them going back out to date after they've been locked down in Australia for however long, you know? It's crazy. But that's not what makes the show good. What makes the show good is like how easy it is for you to attach to the like people that we're following. It's all people that are on the autism spectrum. Some of them are, you know, like much more autistic than others. Like what there's one girl in the second season that has high functioning autism to where she looks and sounds totally normal, but you know, she still has a lot of the, the ticks of the disability, but it's just so fucking wholesome. It makes you feel so good. At one point I was sitting there with my sister because she walked in uh, while I was watching it. And I was, I'm not even, I was in tears, <laughs> but it wasn't like sad tears. It was like empathetic tears. Like it's so fucking cute. The people are, they're so innocent and it just makes you, you know, it gives you hope, gives yeah. you hope for the world. We need more of those shows, honestly. There's so many yeah. shows out that are, we need more Ted Lasso, more love on the Exactly. Spectrum. We need more of that, you know? Yes. It's too much wow, negativity. I just realized I, I, I brought up Ted Lasso last time, and now I'm watching this. Like, it tracks. Am I trying to make myself feel better? <laughs> what's wrong with me? Like, yeah. what's wrong with me? I'm just being so drawn to these feel-good shows. <laughs> yeah, you're a feel-good guy, you know? Oh, you're thanks, drawn man. to what thanks. you like. Yeah. It's true. 
No, but I listen I to I really sad out. music. Do you? Yeah, I wonder what it is. It must be like some sort of balance that my brain Are you is like Panic to. at the Disco? Sad? <laughs> <Is> it... <laughs> yeah, I, you know, you don't know this about me, but it's when there's not nobody a around, John, I'm, I'm just like Bella Swan. <laughs> oh, let's not. Just lay in my bed and cry <laughs> in my pillow. <laughs> let's not go back there. Ever. Hey, God, that's... Oh, next wait is it is it over at this point it's over yes <laughs> oh, thank god very much so very much over yeah. uh god and let us know what you guys back. thought of our <laughs> final twilight podcast yeah <laughs> hopefully but anyways things. let's get into the movie yeah let's what talk about this week we we uh we watched a little ghostbusters this was like the um you know they just rebooted i guess is what this new one is ghostbusters afterlife so it seems like a spiritual sequel to me. Yeah. Okay. You know, I like that. It, from what I got from the trailer, because we haven't watched the movie, we're, we're we doing this podcast Before leading up the to movie. the movie. Right. Yeah. What I got from it is that it seems like it's a direct sequel to the originals, but with like a big time jump, obviously, you know? Like, right. I don't really know too much about it. I'm not going to make any predictions here yeah no because then we'll we'll just age ourselves but i i kind of agree (laughs) with um what you're saying where it's sort of like a you know 30 years in the future or whatever from from Mm -hmm. the originals which is interesting because that would sort of make ghostbusters 2016 which we're about to talk about today sort of the forgotten middle child of the movies how would you feel if they fucking bring in melissa mccarthy in that movie I mean, they give Melissa McCarthy a cameo. I think she's good. Like, so we'll get into it in a minute. But so we watched Ghostbusters, which is also interesting because they didn't give it a different. There was nothing different about this movie and from the title. And I think that tracks pretty well with how the overall movie experience goes. But um, so Ghostbusters 2016, we have a tomato meter. 74% 74% certified fresh, buddy. The critics what? loved it. And the audience score in the dumps, 49%. So this is, Dude. I think, our first movie where the critics that we're talking about, you know, there's lots of them that exist, but the first one that we're talking about where the critics actually loved a movie and the audience did not feel the same way. That is so surprising to me. How do you feel about that when you hear those numbers? When, well, 74% certified fresh this movie. Maybe we'll talk about it later. Maybe we can talk about it right now. But I think that sometimes when you get an ensemble cast and mm-hmm. you have an ensemble cast of people that are very popular, not just, you know, you could and you good could, and very talented. All of these actresses and actors are great. Yes, that I think what happens is you sort of get phased by the on paper. The critics maybe are like looking at it on paper. Like if you have a sports team per se, when you look at the Lakers, not to get into too much sports talk, but you're like, whoa, big name, big name, big name, big name, big name. They gotta be good. Mm -hmm. I think the critics sort of go already (laughs) into that. Like when they watch this movie, which gotcha, maybe the audience doesn't feel the same way. Because they're so used to like seeing these names and these people and they're not going to just, you know, they're going for other reasons. They want to be entertained. I think the critics are looking, they're like, all right, cool. We don't want to piss off Melissa McCarthy because we kind of want her to be <laughs> in our news article yeah. or something. Who did Melissa McCarthy pay? 
Who did she pay off to get those incredible scores? Well, I don't think she paid off anyone. So the overview of this movie, if you've never seen Ghostbusters, that's totally fine. You should go back and watch the original. Um, This one, very similarly, they are following a ghost invasion of Manhattan. Paranormal enthusiasts Aaron Gilbert, Kristen Wiig, and Abby Yates, uh, Melissa McCarthy, nuclear engineer Jillian Holtzman, which is uh, Kate McKinnon, and subway worker Patty (laughs) Tolan who is Leslie Jones band together to stop the otherworldly threat. And it is intentionally vague in the overview. And I think the story itself is pretty vague. So the runtime, I, this is one thing I wanted to ask you. So oh, dude. the runtime was an hour and 57 minutes. I didn't realize that I had rented the extended version. There was no Me other too. version. Mine was two plus hours long. It was over two hours, right? I, I went on Apple TV and I rented this movie and yeah. it was over two hours it was, long. It was a long movie. And it felt every minute of the two hours. I think it was like two hours and 15 right around there. It was. Uh, dude. And what was funny is I was like, I was like extended version. This must mean the originals probably close to an hour and a half. Like hour they probably half. just dumped in extra jokes and stuff. Nope. It was just 15 minutes longer. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Wild. I watched this on a Sunday, on a Saturday morning, right? So mm-hmm. I was like, here we go. I got my cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. I rolled up a little joint. I sat down. I started to watch this. An hour into the movie, I was up. I was vacuuming. I was like, <laughs> I was literally like like sweeping my kitchen and like watching the movie because I was like this is a waste of time. I need to do something a little a little bit more here. I cannot believe this movie is 2 hours long, dude. And oh, then the movie's so long that it ends and it's like, "Oh wait, wait, wait. We got a little bit more to show you guys. We have right. a few more scenes here." Right. Like so there's like two post-credit like during the credits there's two or three more scenes. We get more cameos in it. I'm just like, they could have fit all of this in an hour and a half. There's no Easy. reason why this movie should be two hours long. They're easily. How, they could have taken How long is that. the original? Do you know? Let's see. It's 105 minutes long. That's pretty good. So pretty good. An hour and a half, a little bit over. A little bit longer. Yeah. So you mentioned. You know why? Sorry. No, to, just, to, just to keep talking about this for just a second. It's like, you know why this movie is so fucking long? It's be- it, it keeps doing these SNL bits. The movie like forgets about the movie for a second. And it's sure. just like Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, just throw a little bit of dialogue at each do other. Do your magic. Yeah. Just do, do a magic. little bit of magic. And then they're like, oh, wait, we have to get back to the story here. Right. Eh, that's a good point. It is very, it does feel, and maybe that's why it feels a little disjointed in the middle is because there are a lot of bits happening. Yeah. You mentioned who did uh, Melissa McCarthy pay. I think the director of this movie, um, Paul Feig, fake, fake, fake. Also a director on and an executive, very much associated with a lot of Melissa McCarthy projects, like Brides. They're like collaborators, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it makes sense that sort of she was the headliner in this movie, uh, with him being about it. John, um, like maybe five or ten minutes into this movie, I I wrote down, I was like, Paul Feig movies, ugh. I generally don't really like these Paul Feig and Melissa McCarthy collabs. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Bridesmaids is great. And I'm glad you said that. I love Spy. Jason Statham in that movie is so great. Who knew he could do comedy before that? 
But all of these movies suffer from this same like childish, like fart jokes, pee jokes, poop jokes. Yeah. This movie specifically, Ghostbusters, has so much toilet humor. I kept writing with the wow, plasma yeah. fart joke. Wow, pee joke. Wow, like the guy call the guy gets a walkie-talkie call and the guy goes, "Yeah, we need you to go clean up this toilet. This is a tragedy of biblical proportions." <laughs> Which is funny, but it's like, how many of these fucking poop jokes are you going to throw into this movie? Not enough. Needed more poop jokes, honestly. I have, a, I actually have a confession. Okay. I've never seen Bridesmaids. Wow. Is that like wow. bad? And, and you call yourself a feminist? <laughs> I'm an ally. <laughs> you got to watch Bridesmaids. It's I good. It's so. a good movie. It's like what I got from this movie would be very a similar experience to Bridesmaids. Just a um, lot no, of like, quippy, fun, good times. It does have all of that, but Bridesmaids does a much better job of having like a cohesive story and sure. uh, motivations to the characters stay true the whole time. Mm. When in this movie, um, nope. they forget about it. They just forget about it in the second act, yeah. which we'll get into a little bit yeah. more. Two more things I wanted to talk about before we just dive into the movie. This This movie was actually an award winner. Did you know that? Yeah. It won awards. Really? Yeah. It was a big winner of the coveted Blimp Award um, <laughs> at the Kids' Choice Awards <laughs> for favorite movie, favorite right. movie actor, and favorite movie actress. Because I want we didn't mention that this person was in this movie yet. We talked about sort of the gang of Ghostbusters, but there is one addition to this movie, and I think... We were talking about it before we jumped on, but he honestly sort of keeps the movie together. Chris Hemsworth is in this movie. Thor <laughs> is in this movie. Yes. How is it that you have these comedy juggernauts, Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, Leslie Jones, and Chris Hemsworth is the breakout star out of the yeah. <laughs> He's the funniest guy in the movie. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> he plays dumb blonde so well. I love when, the, when they're like, uh, you, he says... This is probably my favorite line in the whole movie. He goes, did you know that an aquarium is a submarine for fish? <laughs> it's so stupid. Oh, it's man. so stupid, but it's great. And they just throw it in there. It's almost like mumbled when yeah. he says it. Yeah. Oh, man. That's great. Um, <laughs> did this win any other awards or just the kids? Oh, uh, yes. It did win um, at the Women Film Critics Circle Awards um, okay. for Best Comedic Actress. Kate McKinnon, um, and then the whole squad won uh, for best female action hero. I think they were actually, I think they were great. I was going to say, if you had to pick one, and maybe this is why they didn't do it, but Kate McKinnon would win the action hero. Because they gave her that, that dual I wrote this wheel. Too. I wrote this down. Yeah, I was like, I am such a sucker for music swelling action slow-mos because <laughs> I was so in. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. When she was like, Slow-mo just taking them all out with, yeah, like you said, dual-wielding the guns. That was sick. So good. It I was. was like, cool. But that I'm was it. This. Those were the only awards. It was nominated at a bunch of places, but I'm not going to waste your time because uh, okay. I don't want to waste my time either. So had you seen this movie before? I don't think I had. I had, but okay. years ago, like okay. in 2016, I want to say. But okay. I remembered very little. I had not seen this movie before. Seems like a weird trend that I'm having here. Yeah. Didn't... So what was uh? <laughs> <laughs> I 
So what was your initial reaction then since you were coming in blind? Yeah, so I was coming in blind. I'm on the Apple. I also rented from the uh, Apple iTunes store and I saw the cover. And if you look at the cover of this movie and the first cover of the first Ghostbusters movie, they're pretty much the same. Like from the poses to how they're structured on the on the poster. I was a little weary at first because I was like, look, I really hope what they don't do in this movie is just make it exactly the same as the original Ghostbusters movie with just just women instead. And uh, turned out I was completely wrong um, because they did that exactly. Um, And I think the, the reason I didn't want that to happen is because I thought the original Ghostbusters, when I saw it as a kid, it seemed like such a novel concept. This hadn't really been done before. The proton packs, the hunting of ghosts, but making it funny. Like there were, mm-hmm. like this movie, you know, there were a couple scary moments because it was exactly the same, but it was comedians in a horror. Yeah. And they, they had like cool tech. They were doing cool stuff. They were talking in a way when they sp- spoke, you were like, I don't know what you're saying, but you're doing cool stuff, you know? And like, it just all felt new. Oh. And this one, I was worried that if they did the exact same thing, that it wasn't going to carry that same weight, that same novelty, because we've seen all of those things now. Like mm-hmm. they're in every movie, right? Like Proton, yeah. like blasters and going after larger than life kind of realities that that are hard. Not just that, it's, it's, and I know we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but it's almost like this movie literally took the story beats of the first one, you know? Oh, Venkman is a scientist. Oh, they had a falling out, blah, blah, blah. Like literally all of those. And they just rewrote how it happened you know what i mean but they kept the same story beats even when the mayor gets involved yeah and cecily strong comes on scene it's almost exactly the same thing that happens in the first movie and the big fight scene in new york same thing that happens in the original movie yeah i I don't want to say this movie fails on any other front except that it's a complete and total remake. It does nothing new. Like, who cares about the cast, honestly? Like, I know there were a bunch of misogynists online when this was released. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. saying, like, well, you're going to make them all women? Like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah. Just make a good movie. <laughs> right. Hey, which kind of goes back to the biggest problem of all, right? Like, why do people keep remaking good movies? I don't know. They were good for a reason. It's- if you wanted to make another Ghostbusters movie and you wanted all female leads, like, just do a different story. Like make it yeah. more relevant to the time that they're in and the the other issues that they face as there were a few patriarchy jokes thrown in this movie, but they were so slight <laughs> and it and it, it almost came off in a way that it, it was like uh oh nice try. Like, oh good one. But Are it, you it talking about like, like when the bad guy, like when he's in Chris Hemsworth's body and he's like, Women always late. Th- there's stuff like that. There were a couple yeah. other ones too where yeah, like it was but just, that's the thing, like, it didn't feel like the movie was even trying to do anything like that. No. They were just kind of throwing those throwaway lines in there. Yeah. So my first reaction was, man, I really hope that they're going to push boundaries and not just be an ensemble moneymaker, was my thought going in. And uh, so let's start it off. Hey, right <laughs> off the bat, man. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> Sorry, sorry to disappoint you, John. Yeah, right off the bat, man, what did uh, what'd you think? There's a lot of elements in this that I really enjoyed, um, but there's also a lot that felt super flat to me. 
it's the like you said it's like an ensemble moneymaker it seemed it seemed to me like a cash grab just kind of you know hanging on to the coattails of the original because like i said all of the story beats were the same even when the ray parker jr song came on you know the original Mm -hmm. ghostbusters Mm -hmm. came on and it was like a modern version of it right i groaned i literally was like ugh. it's like your mom you know when your mom would go to the grocery store and you were like mom i want the name brand frosted flakes sure and then she gets you like the fucking win dixie equivalent one or the public's equivalent to it sure and it's like this is fine but it's not it's not as good as the it's not what i wanted yeah for me it was always um well i didn't really have a choice but um my parents always instead of buying hot pockets um because mm-hmm. they that's pretty much what i grew up on it was frozen hot pockets um because my parents complained about how much food i ate they would never buy hot pockets they would buy lean pockets there's so much to unpack in what you just said but and- <laughs> They always bought lean pockets, which like, you know, you, like you said, like not quite as flavorful. They fall a little flat, you know, <laughs> but it doesn't really leave you as satisfied. No, it's close. It's so close, mm-hmm. but it's just not quite there. It's just like off brand Ghostbusters is what right. this felt like. And I will say the beginning of this movie, when we started and we were in the the mansion, Zach Woods, who's hilarious. He's I so think. funny. He's so good. He had a he had a ton of great lines. So yeah, they, let's start at the beginning. Let's start then. Let's keep, break down the narrative a little bit. Yeah, Zach yeah. Woods comes in. He's Zach doing Woods. a ghost tour. We're on the ghost tour, and at first, I was like, okay, this is different. Like maybe this is going to be a little bit different. You know, we spend a lot of time unpacking this ghost named Gertrude and why she's in this house, and that this house tour is sort of like fake, but there is something going on here. And then Zach Woods somehow ends up in this door that's never been opened. And I'm assuming this isn't his first day on the job, but we're not sure. So for some reason, you know, we find out later that all of these ghosts are are really getting amped up and he ends up falling into a pit of goo. And then it's like, did he die? I thought he died. And then we see him. Me too. That scene ended with him like hanging onto, you know, like the frame of the door. And I was like, holy shit, they just killed Zach Woods. Yeah. And then I it thought, cuts him just standing outside. I'm like, how did he get out? I thought he was either going to be dead or be the Possessed. bad guy, the antagonist. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought, I thought, which would have been great, John. That would have been great yep. if it was a cold open and we meet the bad guy and we see that he's been possessed by another spirit. Like already, that's different. Different. It's already different from the first movie, mm-hmm. you know? But no, that's not what it was. It was just the a first ex- encounter that the group has. There was a line that he says on the ghost door that actually made me laugh. And that's the crazy thing about this movie is all the ones that make you laugh are all just throwaway lines. So he's talking about Gertrude and everyone's looking at the big portrait of her on the sort of archway there. (laughs) He goes, you know, no God makes mistakes, but I believe he was drunk when he made Gertrude's personality. Yeah. Wow. And he totally that just does really it and funny. moves right on to the next. He's like, all right, it, it, and we're gone. It's funny, like you said, like this movie has a lot of those jokes, you know, like yeah. and the, the problem is though that like the ones that have nothing to do with the dialogue that is moving the story forward are way funnier than the ones that do. Mm-hmm. Like in the very next scene, 
when uh not the very next scene but when Kristen Wiig's character comes up to Melissa McCarthy's character and they're talking about a flying baby for 30 seconds just move on just right. keep going the joke doesn't hit and there's another example of it when she's when she gets fired and she's walking down the hall and she's just throwing one joke after the other at everybody she sees in the hall they're just throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks or something because sometimes the dialogue got exhausted we start to meet we as you mentioned Kristen Wiig's character Aaron who is having an issue getting tenure at Columbia which is interesting because Columbia the president of Columbia is totally just shitting on Princeton the whole time and that was funny in my head though I was like is Princeton like Columbia do like are they on the same level I don't know. I don't know. That one struck. I went to community college. And so we meet Aaron. Then you mentioned we, we sort of go into this lab. She gets fired because Melissa McCarthy releases a book about her previous life of being a, um, what do you call them? Ghost hunter, paranormal Paranormal investigator, investigator. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so we meet Melissa McCarthy and Kate McKinnon, who was pretty funny. I would say Kate McKinnon throughout the movie. Yeah, I I liked her a lot more. I remember the first time I saw this movie, I thought Kate McKinnon's character seems a little forced, but I I liked her a lot the second watch. But I mean, she wasn't much of a character except for just being quirky. Yeah. You know, and it's not even until the end of the movie that we get any bit of emotion out of her or something to connect to, or we even learn anything about her at all. Yeah. You know, remember in the pub scene when she gives them that quick little, you're like, that's charming. This is good. Yeah. Where yeah. was this the speech two yeah. hours ago? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. And so once we meet them, I was sort of like, oh man, I think I know exactly what we're in for. Like, okay. Yeah. So they start coming together at the, at the community college, right. Or high school. I don't even know where. I don't it know. Looked it's like, like high school. Institute of science with yeah. a bunch of 14 year olds in it. I know. <laughs> Um, and then we meet Leslie Jones character, Patty. And that's when I was like, all right. Yeah. We are just going to do the same thing, huh? I will say though, Leslie Jones is incredible. She is so funny, dude. So, and she says some stuff in this movie that did make me fucking crack up. I think she's so great. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? You would never think the four. She's so naturally funny. Like they all are. And that's yeah. why you're just shocked that it didn't come together. Was it too much funny? Well, the, no, the problem was the story. It, the movie forgets about the story yeah. halfway through. The whole second act of the movie, the, the middle chunk of this movie is a clusterfuck. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's <laughs> when we meet Leslie, we also meet Rowan for the first time. And as I mentioned, uh-huh. I was like, oh, why didn't we just meet Rowan in the beginning? And mm-hmm. he like do all this stuff. Lots of questions about Rowan, honestly. Um, yeah. What the hell was going on in the middle of this movie? It was like... <laughs> it was all over the place. Everywhere. Thankfully, we met yeah. Chris Hemsworth, Kevin. Dude, I he was such a... like Every time he was on screen, I was charmed. I will say, though, like, while they're meeting up, you know, and they're doing the whole let's get the gang together thing, trope, they keep making this joke about Kristen Wiig's outfit. About Aaron oh, the bow tie? outfits. The bow tie. <laughs> I wrote down, I hate all of this. <laughs> I fucking hate this. Well, like, what, what about but, it? Well, she's what? like, oh, world's tiniest bow tie, huh? You know? And I just like, I, I wish my sister had been there so I could have turned to her and been like, this is a Monopoly Man joke. 
you know do you know what a monopoly man joke is just making fun of an appearance i don't know it's it's basically that yeah it's it's ari and i call it that we we learned it from dan Harmon. um because there's this scene in Ace Ventura when nature calls when a monop a man who looks like the Monopoly man walks onto the screen and Ace Ventura walks up to him and goes, and you must be the Monopoly man. And it's just like the laziest example of writing because on paper it says a guy who walks onto screen looks like the Monopoly man. And then right. the next line of dialogue is you must be the Monopoly man. But it's not a fucking joke. It's just a lazy excuse to try to be funny. And that's how I felt about Kirsten Wake's outfit. Right. You know, they keep doing it, too. They do it multiple times. When Tyrion or Lannister, the Lannister dad, <laughs> who's the headmaster of Columbia or whatever, he even says, he goes, although, oh, by the way, your outfit, you know, and then they go back to it again afterwards. And I'm like, we get it. We it's we get it. And then what kind of didn't bother me but also i found lazy was their remodeling of all the logos and all of the designs and everything for ghost with the car they just added yeah. pink it just felt lazy it's, like, it just felt cash grabby you know yeah. it's it just felt like you said it all felt like this will be an easy buck can we talk about rowan for a sec i want to talk about him because i think he put on quite a performance of just being a weird ass dude he looks weird. Yeah. He looks sweaty all the time, which that guy look, did a great job. He did that actor. He did. I'm a, I'm someone that sweats often, but I do not look like that guy when I'm sweating. He just <laughs> looks like he looks like a dolphin, you know, like you touch him and your hand would just slip right off his face. I was wondering, is this the hotel? Does he work in the hotel that in the original Ghostbusters they go to for the first paranormal? Uh, no, no. no. Because I think of the original Ghostbusters, it's it's not a hotel. It, it's a Sigourney library. Weaver's condo. Oh, you're right. Oh, well, there was a like library that one that, that Rick Moranis and Sigourney. We- yeah, that's where they meet the first ghosts. Which sure. in this movie they did Cameo. the same scene, except it was going to be, except it's at a concert or something. Right. Which was okay. I have to say this, John, because this fucking part pissed me off. They catch that ghost, and then Bill Murray shows up, which is incredible, crazy that they bring Bill Murray on this movie, but. Well, they're all in it. Bill Murray shows up? Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. I completely forgot that they all did cameos. But here's what I'm getting at. They're like, and he's like, let me see the proof. And they're like, at 4.32 p.m., we caught this ghost, right? And I was like, 4.32 p.m.? They were just at a concert. The concert was at 4 p.m. in the afternoon in New York City? What the f- fuck is they, they <laughs> was anybody trying to write the middle of this movie <laughs> was there no script supervisor being like hey guys they don't do concerts at 4 p.m in the afternoon also in this last scene when we did the final battle it was date it was nighttime and now it's daytime and then kate mckinnon's character says you were gone for two seconds what pick a fucking pick pick a lane damn it what the fuck are you guys talking about <laughs> their hair is white dude they come okay, we're not there yet. We're I'm not there sorry. Yet. I can just. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, that was wild. I mean, nothing really made. And even to that point about my guy, Rowan, how did this guy become so aware? He's so woke on ghost culture. Know, it's dude. insane. 
And yeah. then like all he did was read the book and then draw some. Yeah, in dude. It. They throw it. They do another yeah. throwaway line to explain it. And it's like, yeah. oh, he read your book. Yeah, and, and it's like, well, I wrote it. my book and I couldn't even do this. So no, and he's I like, well, no, I just did what you did, but backwards. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you you guys didn't try that anyway. The movie tries to say too that he's a genius. They they, they do dialogue exposition and dialogue. They're like, sure. oh. He, he says, I'm a genius and nobody understands me. And then K. McKinnon afterwards says, it's all, oh, you hate to lose a smart one or something along those lines. But it's like, you're not doing any of the heavy lifting. <laughs> no, I totally agree. So you mentioned the ghost at the concert. We briefly talked about the ghost that pops up eating the street dogs at the end. The Stay Puff Marshmallow Man is here. <clears throat> we have Sigourney Weaver. We have... The Ghostbusters that are living at this time. Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, Bill Murray, Sigourney Weaver all yeah. return for and some reason. Harold Ramis is also there. Yeah. And Harold, the bust of Harold Ramis is outside of Kristen Wiig's office. So they tried. So we know. have hella cameos, even from people that aren't associated with the Ghostbusters franchise. Who was your favorite? Michael like, Michael K. Williams was in this? Michael K. Williams, uh, uh, like, strangely was in this movie. Um, Andy, <laughs> Andy Garcia? Garcia is in this movie. What yeah. the fuck? Chris Gethard just shows up out of nowhere. The <laughs> yeah. one dude who's, um, I think you should leave. The, like, other guy who's in. Oh, yeah. Oh, skit. yeah. He's the cop in here. I noticed that, too. They, they just brought out all the comedians they knew, you know? Who hit you and even most? even Matt Besser? No, not uh, Matt Besser. Is it Matt Besser? I forget. One of the Upright Citizens Brigade guys. Is well, all there. of them were in there. Yeah. Who hit you? Like, who were you the most surprised to see? Honestly, Steve Higgins when... was in this movie. The dude yeah, from Steve the AT and T, the commercial. You remember? Wait, before you answer, because he's not your. Okay. He, this is neither of our answers. But when he shows up in the beginning, uh, the delivery guy, Benny, the guy. Oh, I love the- that guy. From those commercial, yes. Like, Do you like it like spicy or like? Mm. I was yes. like, oh, that guy's. Weird. I see. I so even even then, see like that's another example of like the best parts of these movies is when the movie forgets about the story right. because at the end he's like, "So uh, we still good for brunch?" Yeah. <laughs> and I laughed yeah. when you said that to Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, it's so it's those parts are funny because they're character moments. You know, they're small character moments. And I'm not sure if this movie understands how to play on that, you know. Um, but my favorite, favorite cameo. cameo, obviously seeing Bill Murray at any time is a fucking treat. And when he shows up on the news, I was like, that's so great. That's funny. But then he actually shows up to their place and gets thrown out of a window. And I was like, OK, that didn't really work for me. Really? <laughs> no, it didn't really work for me. I was like. It's just because it was unnecessary. It felt unnecessary for the movie. But man, Bill Murray can deliver even the worst dialogue, huh? Oh, you can yeah. give that guy fucking Twilight to read and yeah. I would eat it up. Oh, yeah. He does um, a great job. But I will say my favorite cameo, and this, it was Dan Aykroyd's. Dan Aykroyd as a taxi driver really worked for me. Yeah. yeah. And when he said, I'm afraid of no ghosts. Yeah. I loved that. Um, yeah. What was yours? So I have one that I was just like, what the hell are you doing here? Um, yeah. That was Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, shit. I wrote that down. <laughs> I wrote that down. <laughs> I was like, why is Ozzy Osbourne in this movie? <laughs> and then he, he just goes, Black Sabbath did that in 74. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, dude, like, what? what? 
and he clearly wasn't on set. It was yes. it was somewhere totally different that didn't look like the venue they were in at all. And he why was Ozzy in this movie? Yeah. I, I literally no, wrote that down, dude. No idea why he was there, but it was. I mean, I guess like I laughed because I was just like, "What the hell?" Another cameo, two cameos that I like wasn't surprised by to see in this movie, and I honestly was sort of expecting um, Michael McDonald from Mad TV who plays like oh. the the hotel guy who is just like he feels like he's always this very anxious like character yeah he does that well tied up kind of guy for no reason mm-hmm. I and wasn't so, surprised to see him either but I was happy to see him like I was happy to see him but wasn't surprised and then once I saw him I was like oh <coughs> excuse me Al Roker is probably in this movie Are you serious you called that It was just like so New York right like they yeah. were doing they were doing a lot with people that are in New York. So I think the person I was most excited to see, similar to you, you mentioned Dan Aykroyd. Uh, mine was Ernie Hudson. I guess like you could have been like, okay, obviously, like he's going to be related to Leslie Jones somehow. I was honestly surprised sad, I didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming. Exactly. I didn't see it coming. Was this an at post credit scene too? Yeah, it was after the credits started. It was after the credit, and they did the same thing to Sigourney Weaver. Like, it's why? It's so fucked up. Yeah, they both got like, oh, if they stick around, you'll you'll be able to see, you know, the two old, the two other guys. But he was he was my favorite. <laughs> I was I was pumped to see him because he's he's always the forgotten Ghostbuster. Um, yeah, when mm-hmm. you think about that kind of stuff, and I just thought his like role was hilarious. <laughs> like he just shows up, and he even references the the firehouse. I think he's like, you working at a firehouse now? Like something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, and, yeah. And he says, uh, his line is funny too. And when, when Le- Leslie Jones is like, can't you, can't you just use one hearse for two funerals? He's like, yeah. what? I can't just stack them on top of each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was really happy to see Ernie Hudson too, because I remember after Dan Aykroyd, I was like, when are they going to fit Ernie Hudson into this movie? After the credits. Um, <laughs> after the fucking credits. The, Just uh, again, Ernie Hudson, an, an afterthought once again. The the uh, cameos were interesting to me because I thought, maybe I'm making it up, but I swear I thought that Bill Murray was like, I'm never doing go- like anything Ghostbusters yeah. related. Count me out. Never doing it. So when I saw him, I was pretty surprised. Um, I fucking love Bill Murray in everything. Let's get into like the closing thoughts here. We sort of already talked about how silly the end is it's trope for it's the the one thing that bothered me the most is the state puff marshmallow man is there right and then rowan decides he's like oh i'm just gonna be this big sock thing that looks like the monster from nightmare before christmas and uh job of the hut had a kid and that's what i'm gonna be and then they tried to do the same sort of jokes that they did with the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man in the first one, where yeah. they hit him in the face with the fire, like roasting the marshmallow. He sticks on the ground, like all, and they it's did the, the same, same thing. thing. And I just got, I found myself getting really annoyed. And then oh, to yeah. your point, when they popped out of, of this portal, and it was nighttime when they went in, and then it was daytime when they popped out, and they had white hair. I was like, all right. Yeah, I was out. And, and for a second, the movie gave me a little bit of hope that it was going to do something different. Because when the marshmallow guy comes out the first time and we pop him, I was like, oh, wait, is the movie saying, like, we're not going to do that? You we know? popped the bubble. Yeah, we popped it. We're going to move right on. But then the guy grows to epic proportions. Again, he King Kongs the city. 
just like the original. And I was like, why the f- why why are we hitting all of the same beats? This is so boring. Yeah, it's so boring. It's so close. But you know, like I said, I'm a sucker for like music swelling, action sequences. After Kristen Wiig pops the Stay Puff Marshmallow guy, and she's standing there with the thing above her shoulder, I was like, "That was cool. sick." <laughs> I was like, cool, I'm in for this. <laughs> the saving grace of this last 45 minutes of the movie was Kate McKinnon. And those gadgets she made where they were just like, bad. like when they were fighting, I was, I was like, so what, cool. are, what are we doing with the lasso here? Like, let's get these things ready to go. I was, I was so like, bummed. why aren't they shooting? Like, they should be shooting like photon shit at each other, you know? Like, And they were. And then when they did that slow-mo thing, like you said, where she's dual wielding, she's like, pop, 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 pop. That I was, was so I was like, cool. this is cool. This is what I wanted to see. Yeah. That was, was sick. Go, go ahead. Go I ahead. was bummed they took down the OP weapon, the like, uh, the mulcher or whatever. Oh, yeah. They yeah, took yeah. that out real quick. But it was like, why even make it then? Like, that thing was pretty <laughs> <Yeah>. cool. <laughs> it was like you the know, Infinity Crusher, the Infinity Stone Crusher. You just reminded me of two things. First of all, the movie, fucking, it does that badass scene, and then it cuts to a fucking dance sequence. Oh yeah! <laughs> what the fuck? I was like, "What the fuck is happening? Why are they? Why are they doing this?" It was. What I kind mean, of powers does this guy have? Chris make everybody was killing it though. It was funny, but it felt so out of place. It was. And then I'm glad you brought up Endgame. What did you think <laughs> about that Tony Stark ending, bro? Just like in Avengers One, they're like <laughs> flying through the portal. <laughs> it's just Tony Stark again. <laughs> oh man all right all right yeah close it up i mean i guess it's not a ghostbusters movie if there's not a huge monster in new york city you know amen my final thought is just i guess (laughs) i ain't afraid of no ghosts that's it i ain't afraid of no ghosts this is double negative that's what Kristen Wiig says in response to dan Aykroyd, and it just fucking shits on the whole cameo yeah just let it let it sit just let it be, dude. Um, okay, my final thoughts were are, and, and I love that we didn't even try to break this down as narrative, characters, pacing, or anything. I mean, just we like kind of did. We yeah, did. It, it's just narrative-wise, it copies the first movie, so that's yes, not cool. Character-wise, it forgets about the characters. It forgets like, about the, very- the whole point, like Kristen Wiig who, when you meet her, incredibly smart, seems to be not confident in her work yep. whatsoever. She seems to get, like, stepped on. We totally she has a get want, away from that. She yeah. wants to get tenured. She's got right. a goal. The movie throws all that shit away, yep. you know? And then at the end, it tries to, to, to tie a little bow on it when she's like, I'm not going to leave you a second time to Melissa right. McCarthy. And I was like, wait, where was this in the second act? You guys yeah. forgot about yeah all of the building the the journey to get us to that point to make that carry weight and and then the other characters weren't really all that developed at all kate mckinnon's character pretty one-sided until the end like we said leslie jones's character seemed like a caricature half the time to its detriment because leslie jones is a force of nature she's so fucking funny and then chris hemsworth a blast but same and pacing no reason for it to be two hours so my my closing thoughts are this movie engaged it's a fun yeah wasn't really all that engaged 
And I did obviously juice boost, like I said, because I knew what I was getting myself into. I think it's a fun movie. I, I, I had fun with parts of it, but I couldn't get over the hump of being like, why did we decide to do it this way? There's so much that doesn't work. The movie feels like a, a bunch of SNL sketches, but it suffers from the same thing that modern SNL sketches suffers from, which is that they don't know how to end it. They don't know how to tie the bit up at the end. So it's okay. The movie's okay. Well, let's hear okay. let's hear what uh let's hear what the critics and, and the audience had to say about this movie. As you mentioned, you know, we try and look at things from both sides of the table, from 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 all sides, and critics usually come to things uh in this movie, I'm not sure what they came to the table with because they kind of liked it with yeah. that 74%, right? Yep, 74% rating from the critics. Uh let's get into a couple here. So Nostalgia weighs heavily on director Paul Feig's reboot of Ghostbusters, but the film's talented cast, particularly Kate McKinnon, and clever writing prove more than capable of shouldering the burden. Sorry, I just had to pick my jaw up off Four out of ground. five stars. Clever writing? The movie copies. It's, it's a carbon copy of the first one. There's nothing clever about it. And if I wrote an outline of what happened in that movie, and then I wrote an outline of what happens in this movie, they would fucking be almost exactly the same. Uh, but I will say Kate McKinnon was really good. She was very fun. She I enjoyed did, her. She did have a lot to carry. I'm sure she was probably, after the filming of this movie, her and Leslie Jones probably were bedridden I would think for maybe <laughs> at least a month from back injuries from carrying this entire movie, I would say. She had so much jargon to say, like paragraph long things that Kate McKinnon had to be like, yeah, I took the periscope into the nuclear reactor and then put it into the dehumidifier so that we could photon. <laughs> right. Yeah, like it was so fucking stupid. <laughs> for everything that doesn't work, there's so much more that does. These Ghostbusters are solid, and this film effectively riffs, riffs being a key word here, I would break that down, on the original and creates its own thing. It certainly does riff off the original, but it's a very small riff. And it, it's almost like a, it, it's like when you're a kid and you're hanging off the slide, right, at the, at the park. It's your first time on the slide. It's really high up, and you're a little nervous. And you, but you kind of want to hang off the side, but you don't. So you just sort of like hang just far enough off. Your <laughs> arm is still bent, like your foot is still on, but your yeah, most of your body, half of your body is on the slide. Yeah, and then you pull back up because you're afraid that you'll go down, and then you go back up on the player. <laughs> so you don't. That's what it. this movie is. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's its own thing. It's only its own thing in that the cast is flipped. You know what I did like about this. As, as riffing on the original goes, sure. is how they got their logo. That worked for me. Oh, yeah. When that the was guy's cool. spray, spray painting it onto the scene. Yeah. And he's doing this funny bit, like looking at Leslie Jones, like, oh, like, yeah. oh, like, here I go. I'm going to yeah. finish it. And she's like, don't you dare. <laughs> that was he does really it anyways. That really worked for me. I thought that was really funny. I don't know. It still seems derivative. And I mean, it's a remake. Of course, it's going to be derivative, you know, like. They also don't, uh, when they, he makes that logo, they're not like, oh, that's our logo. You just like, you're like, oh. As no, the, no. As the Kate audience. McKinnon goes to it, she goes, that Oh, right. Logo. She does take the picture. And of she it. takes yeah, a picture yeah. of it. Yeah. Never mind. Forget what I'm saying. Yeah. Who am I? <laughs> I Here's don't know, a third man. one. Let me give you the, third the next one. 
Okay. This is another four out of five. Okay. I'll just, yeah. I'll wait, do this. these all four out of five? Yeah, they were all four out of five. Sorry. Ghostbusters isn't as good a movie as the original, but there's no shame in failing to reach the level of a classic. It's still a fun and funny film with plenty going for it, particularly a wildly talented cast that is pretty obviously having a ball. Ended on that because that is accurate as a I, just, I agree with that as a paragraph like as as the writing is accurate the score i'm not sure how you get <coughs> that into a four out of five but yeah i i kind of i do agree and i would say 80 percent, 90 percent of the critic reviews were some combination of these three well i mean i'm sure he goes into more depth in the full review but for sure. like a summary of it i don't disagree with him you know i i don't disagree with him at all I will say, though, is there anybody in the cast? Let me ask you this first. Is there anybody in the cast that you think didn't perform as well as the others? Like, did anything not work for you? No. Really? Yeah, I thought I thought all of the cast members were appropriately like, oh, well, here's the thing. I was looking at them as if they were archetypes of the original Ghostbusters. Yeah. So in yeah. that, I felt that they all kind of fulfilled what I was looking for. Now, if I wanted something more than that, then yeah, you know, maybe there I'd have to think about it, but yeah. I mean, I felt personally that Melissa McCarthy's character did not work for me. Was it too competitive with Kristen Wiggs? To me, her performance just didn't feel like I'm trying so hard. I don't know how to put this. I, it just felt short. It just felt short to me. You know, it felt forced. It felt like she was doing another, she was just doing another Paul Feig movie, you know, like it felt like every other P- Melissa McCarthy uh, performance I've seen and she wasn't adapting to a new character. She was just Melissa McCarthy in this movie. You know what I mean? Which I wouldn't say is true of anybody else except maybe Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones is, is Leslie Jones in this movie, yeah. but it, it, it works. Um, and Kristen Wiig know. is Kristen I, Wiig in this movie, I would say also, but I think well, yeah, in the scenes where she's like walking down the hall, she's yeah, like yeah. being quirky, you know. Yeah. She's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, everything I say is wrong." Like when yeah. she's doing those Kristen Wiig things, yeah. absolutely. But I don't know. I don't know. I think I just it, kept being like, "I don't like Melissa McCarthy in this movie." That's fair. That's fair. I didn't think I she why. did as much physical humor that she typically does. Um, there were a couple. Yeah, that's there were a couple big moments, but not as many. Probably as for the best. I think probably it's funny when best. she does it. But anyway, let's get into let's it, let's is, get rid of these reviews so we can get to the special treat. All right. Let, let me, okay. Okay. So half a star from this person. Hollywood is all about shameless cash grabs, but they could at least be good, like a little I bit. I can't believe we agree with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Also, it was very difficult. I mean, there was a lot of misogynistic comments in the uh, reviews here. So, oh, you should have thrown some in here, dude. I don't know. That, would that have wasn't been really so funny. That wasn't really what I was about. Um, this other one also okay. 0.5 stars. Corny forced humor was really boring, also, and maybe aimed at people whose sense of humor hasn't developed from when they were 14. Sick of crappy remakes like this. Again, I don't entirely disagree with all of the potty humor in this movie and just like Kristen Wake getting uh slimed constantly. Yeah. Like she gets slimed many times. And and mentions how much she's slimed. The last one. The first few minutes had me thinking that maybe it wasn't gonna be so bad. The remaining <laughs> the remaining minutes took those first few minutes, stomped them into a lumpy pace, buried them into in Pete 
and recycled them as fire lighters. I love this guy. We got to get this guy out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Two and a half stars. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that was pretty much I it. I totally agree with that guy. That was pretty much it. <laughs> right there with you. So I would I, give it out of five stars. What do you think, John? Are we going stars this time? Out of five, let's I just think do stars. I'd give Eight it two three. and a half. So let's do it. I'd give it two. I'd give it two and a half, three stars. Same. Me yeah. too. Like it wasn't three stars. We, we shit on it just as much as they shit on Kevin the whole movie. But you know, similar to the movie, there's just a point where if you're without Kevin, you know, when Kevin, when Rowan takes over Kevin's body and they're like, wow, we like, we shit on Kevin, but we kind of liked him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how I I thought about this movie. Like I kind of shit on it, but I actually, you know, like if it wasn't there, I I would kind of miss it. Oh my God. At one point I wrote down, ha ha sexual harassment. (laughs) Well, I mean, Melissa McCarthy also makes that clear in the movie (laughs) as well. Um, Yeah. Let's get into the little special treat we have for people. We were kind of talking okay. about it when you were talking about uh, people who maybe fell short in this iteration of the Ghostbusters. But uh, we have a special treat for you guys. Um, a little homage to the, the Ghostbusters movie that is coming out or came out recently. Um, let's recast it. You know? Okay. Who, who if you could ideally make the Ghostbusters today? And you were making, if we were making Ghostbusters 2021, it was the same as the original. We oh, were just so copying it again. Same okay, story, okay. same everything, because that's what they did in 2016. Let's just do it in 2021. Okay, let's say we're going to do it now. Yeah. Right? Okay, that's what you're saying. Who would okay. you have? Dude, I, this was, when I told you this earlier, mm-hmm. this was a shotgun guess from a shotgun choice. Like, this was just the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch. Wait, 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 wait. Before you keep going, let's go one by one. Who does he play? You, you and I each. Yeah, let's go one by okay. one. Well, who's, who's, so let's, let's cast, you know, like Ivan, right? Ivan Reitman or something. Well, why don't you just do whoever no, Benedict, you had Benedict Cumberbatch playing. Um, so for the Harold Ramis character. Okay. I would say Benedict Cumberbatch. I like that. I like that. And the Harold Ramis character is the one that's just like a little bit nerdy. He's the he's the Kristen Wiig of the. No, no, no? he's the Melissa McCarthy. Oh, my bad, Melissa McCarthy. Okay, sorry mm-hmm. about that. All right. So I mean, unless you think, do you think Melissa McCarthy in this movie was Harold Ramis or Dan Aykroyd? Because I think Kate McKinnon was Dan Aykroyd's character in this movie. I I think so too. Just like a little bit, just like, the one. yeah, just like the yeah, one that's yeah, yeah. like kind of like this and blah, 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 blah. yeah, okay. No, the one that makes all the gadgets and is yeah, like and then has the quick quick quips and things. Yeah, I would say Dan Aykroyd is that is uh yes. Anyway, so Harold Ramis okay. you have as Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes. What's yours? Okay, my Harold Ramis. Now that I have a chance to look at my list, Nicholas Holt. Do you know who Nicholas Holt is? The guy. Yeah, he's the Beast. guy. Yes, yes, he's, he's like, the guy from Skins. Oh yeah, and like Warm Bodies. Yeah, yeah, Mad and Max. Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, That's Nicholas right. Holt would That's be a good one. My Harold Ramis. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Okay, that's an interesting choice too. Thank you. All right. So, who would be your your Venkman, who would my, be your Bill Murray? My Bill Murray, 
easy. Well, easy for me now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Paul Rudd. That's a fucking good one, I think. Yeah. I think that's a really good one. Yeah. And I know he's in the the new one that just came out. Um, But hey, it's my movie. Yeah, it is. It's your movie. You know, you're the casting director here. So I would say RDJ. Ooh, another good one. Robert Downey Jr. as Venkman. So you have Benedict Cumberbatch and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, going through the MCU. Wow. (laughs) Okay. All right. So who would your uh, Dan Aykroyd character be? Kumail Nanjiani. Ooh, I like that. I like yes, that. I'm actually really into that one. I think that would be fucking That's a good one. great. Yeah. I think, Dang. yeah, that'd be great. Dang. Who's yours? You've got an MCU uh, loaded All-star cast. cast. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. My Dan Aykroyd character, my Kate McKinnon character is Chris Pratt. That's a good one, too. Also in, I guess, That'd be fun. Marvel heavy. But who isn't? I mean, it's oh, hard dude, to not. Everybody's in those movies. Yeah, everyone's in those movies. So. <laughs> so mine's Chris Pratt. I think he brings like, he brings the humor. Um, yeah. Where I think Nicholas Holt may be kind of funny, but not nearly. He, like, but he it should would be, be a, a little balance. bit more serious. Yeah. You know? Like the Harold Ramis character is serious. You know. Right. Brings a yeah. good balance. He knows how to make people laugh good with the gadgets like he's a i feel like that character similar to kate mckinnon and uh, dan Aykroyd. you just have to be able to wing it and i think chris pratt knows how to wing it in that situation that's how i feel about kumail nanjiani yep agreed the man's an improviser he would be great yeah you know all right so ernie hudson who you got who'd be your ernie Ernie hudson you want me to go first you want me to go first um you go ahead and go first yeah i'll go first i'll go first my ernie hudson Dwayne the Rock Johnson, baby. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> He'd come in in the second act of the movie just, and yeah. everybody just be like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Dude, he's the muscle. He's the muscle guy. He's like he's street the new smart. guy, street mm-hmm. smart. The Leslie Jones of the group. And the hero. <laughs> Honestly, the silent hero at the end. And he's got chops. Yeah. He does. Yep. He's got That's some. Fun, he's got comedy chops for sure. I, I'm not too far from you You're with not. my choice, because my choice is Tyrese Gibson. Ooh, a Fast and the Furious teammate. Yeah, it exactly. all comes back. <laughs> wow, it always does. Have you noticed that all roads lead to Fast and Furious? <laughs> they do. Every single one of them. I thought as a joke I was gonna do like Vin Diesel as my Bill Murray. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Diesel has a Bill Murray character. Then I was gonna have like Ludacris. We gotta do something about all these ghosts. (laughs) I was gonna do. I probably would have done Ludacris and Tyrese as the Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis, and then I would have picked like that's like literally what they are in the fashion. Yeah, I know it would have just been great. And then I would have picked like Letty as uh, the Ernie Hudson (laughs) character. I thought about That'd it. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. They should do that. They should bring that, Fast 10 ghosts. Oh, yeah. Bring the ghosts in. They're like just fucking drifting a hearse around New York City. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, and then Vin Diesel gets out of the car. And he's like, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> hey, Vin, if you're listening, 
friend of the pod, Vin Diesel. Uh, when you friend listen to pod, this, let us know. Yeah, Vin, we got a we got a pitch for you, dude. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> listen to this, Ghostbusters twenty twenty five. On the the tagline would be like, "Family ain't afraid of no ghosts." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and instead of a marshmallow man, it's going to be like a huge Corona bottle. Ooh. Or uh, one of those like inflatable things that stands outside. Of, like, <laughs> an inflatable arm man outside yeah. of a car dealership. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, so, what do you guys think? Um, who would you cast in your Ghostbusters? 2025 uh movie let us know on your social channels at earc pod we'll have a little bit of extra content on there that you can see if you give us a follow let us know what you guys think about this movie as long as you're not a fucking misogynist i am curious to know what you think about this movie so make sure you join our conversation on discord if you haven't caught our other episodes go ahead and listen wherever you get your podcasts or just spotify we're trying to get on apple i don't know what's going on but so today, John, we chose the audience as the winner, but you always got to keep something in mind, don't you? What What's is that? that? Well, that at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Everyone's everyone's oh, a real real critic. Well, real everyone's critic. a real critic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Oh, do you want to say what movie we're going to watch next time? Yeah, we watching Spider Man, right? Yeah, you're goddamn right we're watching Spider-Man. We are so excited to watch Spider-Man again. Team Toby, what up? (laughs) Team Toby all day. I'm excited to tell you guys what I think about Andrew Garfield. So see you next time. Adios. Bye.